That was it? Well, that's the. T there's another door boom, on the boom, other boom, side. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. That it'll jump you. Probably in. like a warp zone or something. This game's stupid. Warp zone. <laughs> this game's stupid. This game's really dumb. <laughs> Welcome to a uh, Japanese bowl of dude soup. It's just full of panties, that'd, chock full of them. That'd be ramen. No, panties. What? They're ground up and then pressed into, pressed into noodles. Lawrence, I've been to Japan. Mm. They have ramen there. And I've seen a lot of anime, so. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, no one said they've seen a lot of panties. That's true. Well, because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing, uh, for our audio-only listeners, we're playing the, the hit new release, Umihara Kawase. For the next ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> if goddamn We're playing game. until James, get, James gets a game over because there's no continues in this piece oh, of shit. Man. Because it's from 1995? I'm just throwing a number out. I don't know. Whoa! That's cool. Nice move. Okay, so when you hold always, down, it pulls it in. Oh, man. I always like to relate things to when Mystery Men came out. So I would say, uh... Yeah, it's circa Mystery Men. This is negative 5 B... B uh, negative 5 MM? BMM? BMM? BM. BM. <laughs> Before Mystery Men. Oh, oh. MMM. BMMM. BMMM. But it was negative though, so it would just be five. BMM. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I'm just. Yeah, what happened? I'm gonna be tired. Watching Mystery Men. Yeah, pretty late. up late. Oh, there's a door. <laughs> you gave me shit for that earlier. <laughs> uh, anyway. James, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. What band that hasn't yet done a James Bond theme song should do a James Bond theme garbage. song? Garbage. <sighs> That's, That's close but wrong. The answer is Tears for Fears. Oh. You do realize that Garbage did a James Bond theme song, right? Yeah, they did? I, I haven't seen all the, the Pierce Brosnan's. Ooh. Madonna. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, are you doing an ad read right now, or nope. are you just saying things? Yeah, oh, okay. I, I never know when the podcast is starting, or I should stay quiet. I said I the thing! That means it started. Oh, we're actually starting. Here's, okay. a, here's the thing. God, I don't the, know. The thing about the James Bond theme song Been on is 77 that podcasts. It, has, it can't know. be someone who's bigger than James Bond. Like... Mm. It shouldn't be someone who's like Paul McCartney in. did one though. Yeah, I know he was Ooh, way bigger than James Bond. Um, Bannies, but he did it. It was it was Paul, Paul not Paul McCartney, not the Beatles. I Paul think McCartney, even Paul McCartney is an individual. I, was that was that credited? What, uh, to what are your other favorite songs by them? Yeah, it's just that one. Yeah, so so that's what they I'm didn't saying. know that at the time. The problem you get into a problem with James Bond when you do when you have artists that are bigger. So like when Jack White and Alicia Keys did it. It sounded more like just a new Jack White song than it did sound like a James Bond song. Um, and I think that's a problem. Okay. And when Madonna did it, she just did her new single and then so said it was a James Bond song, but it wasn't. You need some thirst behind the artist. They have to come to James Bond, not have Bond If go you have to a really artist. talented artist, like Adele is a pretty huge name, but she, it, she still made a song that I think conceded to Bond. Hmm. Anyway, great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Play a new game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, keep, I guess we're moving on from the hit game Umihara Kawase. Keep, just keep talking. Bring up something. I'll find something. Uh, we gotta, let's get on to our discussion topics. Oh That's okay. They're doing work back there. That's no problem. Fine. Yeah. Uh, so we got some, we got some hard hitting topics Ooh. this week. Ooh, Saint Seiya. Fuck keep, yeah. You, you Install take, that shit. What is this game? I don't know. Yeah, man. We're going, we're going deep and hard. Gross. Yep. Anyway, what click are on your about? library and install oh, it's, it. It's pre-purchased. Yeah. What are we talking oh, about? Oh, it's not out yet. Uh, we got a couple of hard-hitting games journalism's topics this week. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, this is normally something I don't like to dabble into because I think it's pretty incestuous, but I think this week we can some pretty interesting take. <laughs> that seems pretty cool. Pretty interesting takeaways for later. Uh, first off, <laughs> no. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I know that, I know that, listen, I know we're all very concerned about censorship in the media. Because we censor ourselves all the time. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. We bleep that. 
Oh, bleep it. I just got bleeped. Sorry. Uh, sorry everybody, but we're bleeping everything. Um, and all games are gone forever. Good. Because, uh, the censorers are getting their way. Uh, it turns out that Dead or Alive Extreme 3, the very valid, very important video game, is not coming out in the Americas. What? I'm sorry. Why not. not? They're not localizing it. Sorry, your birthday's ruined. Yeah, my <laughs> birthday's over. I didn't, didn't even start it. The, the, the hourly 4chan thread of screenshots from Dead or Alive Extreme 3 mm -hmm. is going to have to shutter because this game is gone forever. Uh, I'm trying to find... You can't link to on. replies on Facebook, Real so that's quick. cool. This is a censorship thing, or this is just a, this game isn't going to sell for shit in, um, in North America thing? Okay. Um, okay, elaborate. I will elaborate. Uh, people, people like to use those terms interchangeably. Uh, localization and censorship are apparently the same thing. So is uh, doing a market study and figuring out you're not going to make your money back. That's also censorship. But in this case, Dead or Alive Game on Facebook wrote, uh, and I'm going to read this verbatim because the translation is kind of adorable. Do you know many issues uh, happening in video game industry with regard to how, to how to treat female in video game industry? We do not want to talk those things here. But certainly, we have gone through in last year or two, come to our decision. Thank you. What? You must treat female how female want to treat. Yes. Oh. Which is to say, oil them up, slam them in a small bikini, and make them, like, wrestle each other. So essentially, essentially, like, the, the changing landscape of games culture in the West, seem, and I'm interpreting from their bizarrely translated message, has, uh, has led them to decide that it's not smart to release a game that is purely about staring at and Poor, like very, very scantily clad women. Um, so, what I find interesting about this is, when, when basically like tropes versus women came out, and it kind of elevated that discussion of how women are treated in video games, or rather, it it it, it discussion it, or shouting match. I, I think I think most civil people treat it like a discussion. I mean, you may have talked to a lamppost one night, but I don't know if it was really a discussion. Well, so uh, you were more. Most, and they had some good points. Yeah, <laughs> lamppost was very salient. Talks. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I mean, the, it did get pretty heated, and I think it got heated because a lot of people thought that. So the way I interpreted it is, damn, what are you installing? Oh, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Did they not have a Dead or Alive game on Steam? Oh, that's a good idea. Go so for it. the reason why I picked Snowcraft, it's a game that I remember. Like, I played this in high school. Okay. And it's the holidays. And the teacher brought it up one time and I was like, hey, I remember you. As opposed to listening to the discussion and saying, oh, what's something that we could pick yeah. that may be relevant? Uh, I've never had any interest whatsoever in Dead or Alive. I played some of the last so, one. Dead, Dead or Alive, the, the fighting, oh, just do- yeah. Not a great game. Oh, the, well, so, hold on. That? Dead or Alive has a genuine fighting game franchise that started it all. That was actually probably superior to both oh, Tekken, Tekken and uh, Virtua Fighter, Ugh. I think. Okay. Um, at least more fun. And then they kind of realized that boob physics were a thing, and One then prioritized that, and then people sexualized it, and then they decided to go the with uh, beach volleyball, which not really a good volleyball game, <laughs> no, and not really sexy either. But okay. um, still, well, female protagonist, by the way. There you go, did it. So, uh, Jesus Christ. So to to kind of kick it back, the way the way that I always framed the discussion in my head, or or how I interpreted the anger around it, was that one side was just like, "Hey, we would like more diversity. That's all we want. We're just tired of games that are about murder and fucking, like kill fuck games. Mm -hmm. Those are awesome. Yeah, you guys can go play those. Yeah, saying you guys generically because women like them too. Because who doesn't like kill fucking? Uh, but somebody's like, 
I would like a game that's maybe not about kill fucking a little bit, maybe once. Then go play it. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so to me, it was just about that. It wasn't about trying to shout one game out of existence. It was just about saying I would like something else in addition to that. Mm -hmm. And then the way I interpreted it is the side who, you know, maybe the core gamer side or whatever, interpreted this as you don't get to play your games anymore. You shouldn't enjoy your games mm -hmm. because your games are wrong and bad. Um, I never interpreted it that way, and I thought that was a bit of an overreaction. Mm -hmm. But in a sense, that's kind of what happened. I'm not going to say that this, that Dead or Alive Extreme 3 is valuable art and should come out, um, but it kind of sucks that because of the heated discourse, they are choosing not to release it here. Uh, to me, that's kind of like, I don't want to play it, but I think people should be able to if they want to, and it's kind of weird that a company would decide to avoid that entirely just because they're afraid of a little, a little fire from the community, maybe? I don't know. Well, and there's a pretty big competitive community around those games, too. Mm. So what are they going to do? Are this, they going to play imports? So, yes, you can import it. You can still do that. Uh, and let me, let me be clear. This is Dead or Alive Extreme. This is not the fighting game. This is the volleyball. Uh, this volleyball. is the one where two hey, women get on a still floaty. Still a competitive community. <laughs> yeah. All right? When you're trying to push that other girl like, off the floaty. Ask her off floaty a little floaty platform. Oh, yeah, well, that, that's an entirely different thing. I used to love beach spikers on the GameCube, which the women would embrace. It was... Uh, Two on two women's volleyball, oh, and they'd embrace every time that they uh, scored a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it from me for they Christmas. They smush their boobs together. Mm -hmm. um, Could they render that on the so GameCube? Is there a chance, it, like, when there are so many other murder sex games that are coming out and doing really well? Here's another thing too. Another point on top of that point is, I feel like it's never discussed enough that, sure, there's a lot of murder sex games. But maybe that's because those are the games that are selling the best. Absolutely. Because it's it's tapping into something in Isn't human it? psyche that wants that kind of thing. So what? it's like, it's weird to come out and say, why do we have to have so many of these? Why does everything have to be this when it's a business? And it's like, because we're trying to sell the absolute maximum number that we can to the most people that we can. Mm. And so it's like, I get it. There should be other niche things and there's certain people that transcended is a, is a weird word. But like, people that can that don't need a murder sex game necessarily yeah. to play. Um, and so they can pick something else. They could pick a Minecraft story mode or whatever. Don't look at my download um, list. I just see. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's weird that that never really comes into the discussion that well, much. Well, it does. Uh, and I think it's part of gaming's history. And you can, whether or not you choose to like, I don't know if it's a question of choosing to believe. Some people will say straight, yeah, just look at the images, that's fine. Um, art. Yeah, yeah, videos. That's good too. Art. Uh, art. So the nar the narrative, as I understand Not it, art. is that the game crash happened, and and prior to the game crash, games were marketed to families. Mm -hmm. um, like flyers for home Atari systems show the entire family around it playing. Mm -hmm. um, the game crash happened, and then uh -huh. when like the Nintendo Entertainment System was coming around, uh, new games marketers were like, "Fuck, okay, we we don't want to crash again. Mm -hmm. So we need to focus our marketing." And in the late '80s the most profitable demographic to market to was 18 to 34 year old male. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's still true. Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, market forces beyond, beyond what I can comment to, there's a lot of soci... What the fuck? Is that real? Mm, looks like it. There's a lot of sociology <laughs> studies about that kind of thing, but... Um, Is it's, that real? <laughs> now he's just, just... Just so you guys know, uh, Adam is, is Google image searching Dead or Live Extreme 3. And now what the hell? Her tits are standing straight up and she's laying down. He's so. making it really difficult. For yeah, audio listeners to enjoy. Oh, uh, that's fine. So, well, this is another thing too. So, we're looking at random images. This is, uh, I believe, Crave Online. I I always enjoyed blogs where they'd be like, 
random image. Yeah, it's very And then uh, story. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a mode in the game where you, you ask a girl oh. off of a floating platform and her bikini pops off. And then she's like, no, my giant glistening titties. Uh, it's a very good game. Anyway. Censor! Uh, so, so in the late 80s, suddenly games started to be marketed, marketed exclusively to young males. Mm -hmm. And then they started to be developed for young males. Uh, and then that worked, so it kept happening. Mm -hmm. And then as, as markets tend, instead of like trying to find a new market like Nintendo constantly <laughs> does, everyone just kept marketing to the demographic they understood, mm -hmm. which is the demographic they were programming for for the last two decades. Mm -hmm. So it kind of enters the cyclical problem where games started to be made for young males, so that's the only market that's understood. So instead of trying to branch out and finding new people, kind of like Nintendo did with stuff like Nintendogs and Animal Crossing, uh, less gender-specific stuff, or like The Sims, like th those games tend to break into new markets because they're more widely approachable. There's still a very like robust and understood marketing system around making games for young males, and that's how you get giant titty games. Um, I just realized I only played this game because Master Chief was in it at one point. Yeah, there was a Dead or Alive 4? Sure. The one for Xbox? 360, yeah. Yeah. Remember they made this new movie and Eric Roberts is in that movie. That movie is phenomenal. And Never so is, uh, what's her face? From, um... My Name is Earl? My Name is Earl. Yeah, she's a nut. She plays Tina, actually. Good podcast. Yeah! Anyway, so it's... It's, it's not really... James, getting back to what you said, I don't know that it's that games are, you, like, that violence or sex universally speaks to people. I think it does. Like, if you just look I mean, at storytelling does. throughout the ages, yeah. history, the Iliad does. is kind of like proof of that. Yeah. It's just, it's just fucking and fighting and it's awesome. Um, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Censor this shit. Uh, the game did it for you. crashed immediately. Yeah, that's great. I'll try it again. I don't know. Who cares? Uh... So I, I think that there are elements of that that will always appeal to everybody, <laughs> but I think the gaming, the gaming marketplace it's, as it is now is kind of a byproduct of certain market decisions that were made nearly two decades ago. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing as like why Fast and the Furious is one of the biggest box office franchises of all time. It's, it's action Diesel. and sex. It's oh. like, it's, it, it is these things. It is, the, it is the Iliad of the modern age, as horrible as that sounds. Um, there, there's this thing in human nature that, that like, they are just trying to appeal to that kind of, like, the thing that is in most human beings, this, this carnal kind of thing. And I get it, like, the, my, my bigger thing is what this ties back to with Dead or Alive Extreme 3 is, is, like, I have to wonder, is it really that they're worried about this backlash? Or is it because they're looking at the numbers and they're saying, this franchise is really like the money we're putting into it. It it Jesus. sounds like it's a better, like, a board of directors stock stock decision to say, we're doing it because of this reason, which is is a uh, like a <laughs> boy. It so looks like is, it's this uh, is a simulator where a bald black man beats up a woman <laughs> because you can't fucking move. He's like, are you learning? <laughs> She's tough. Yeah. Um, but it seems like like there's a chance, and I have I'm just guessing. I'm throwing throwing shit at the wall. Um, it feels like maybe this is just their way of covering their butts of saying like the game ain't selling. The game ain't selling like it used huh. to. So we're gonna double down on the market that we know is gonna buy it, and and not worry about trying to pay any extra money to get it into a different market that may whatever, but instead of saying that like, oh, we're losing our market share or like numbers are dropping, they just go, oh, well, we're, uh, you know, we're doing it because of this specific reason that they kind of identify. And then they also drum up 
excitement hmm. because it's like, oh, what's this thing that's being censored? I don't know. Maybe that's just me know. being wildly I, speculative. I think it would, it's it's almost more healthy to assign it, it to um, a financial reason. I would say that too. Uh, that's what that's what if if I were in their position and that were the actual motivating force, I would say like. We're not, because we've done the market study, and we're not going to make any money. I mean, in d adorable broken English, of course, but... Um, I don't know, I kind of buy into the fact that they don't want to be at the center of, like, an angry... angry discussion about, uh... about the ethics of games or whatever. I wouldn't want to be there. And, and if... I think... I think... James, you're probably right in the sense that they look at it, and they see the amount of money that they're going to clear by localizing and releasing it, and they're like, that is not a lot. Man, it is not... it is not worth the headache. Of even of even trying like of, of becoming like the number one on somebody's hit list, somebody's Tumblr blog or something like that. Like why why would we invite that heat on ourselves when we're just going to make like fifty grand maybe? So we'll just we'll just step away from it and put that money into the development of the next t titty slap game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're selling these games way too short. The uh, yeah. also um, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge some people that that may be all all, all the people that post in that fucking hourly four chan thread. Um, You're one if, of them. I just I just click on it. I don't post. Buy hourly. Yeah. Uh, I I think that yes. there's not a whole lot of difference between a game like that and a game like Gone Home. Like people people like to really slam on Gone Home, saying it's like a non-game. It's a walk around and read notes. Well, guess what? If you're just like hitting buttons to make a, a giant ass girl like jump jump across floaties on a pond, you're not really playing a game either. And I think you should be honest with yourself about that. Well, how's that not a game? I mean, it's a game, sure, but it's it's the same kind of experience. Like, it, it's it's not really a deep and complex mechanical system. Like, Gone Home, people like to call it not a game, but I think it's as a not it's as non game as a Dead or Alive Extreme, is what I'm saying. So my okay, my problem with Gone Home was always that at least during its initial release, it they allowed people to market it, because I don't think they had much of a marketing team, oh, yeah. but they allowed the community to market it as something that it was not. Hmm. It, it has a scary title screen. It, 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 all the lights are off in this whole big house. It makes it feel like there's a mystery or some that's sort of- That's the whole point. But it, that's not the game. That is the game. The game is, you, you go there, you think it's a horror game, you think it's, I don't want to spoil it, this game that came out five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Please it's do. a bait and That switch. you can beat in about an yeah, hour that's, and a half. Yeah, but that's my problem with it, is feeling like it's a, a bait and was switch. It, was it marketed as such by the community or by the developer? Well, the, the developer had no marketing. I like, mean, the, there, I mean, there they was had the no... title screen as they're marketing this yeah. ominous haunted house. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, I think there's something broken in my head, because I, I... I heard, like, Gone Home's pretty good, check it out, and then I did, I just bought it and played it on Steam. So I didn't know it was supposed to be propped up as a horror, and I never got that sense at all. Like, sometimes the light flickered and I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. But it was never spooky to me. Like, well, I, I never ever got the sense it was intended to be, oh, Jesus Christ. I think probably for 30% of the game, I th considered that it was probably a horror game. I've heard that from a lot of people, yeah, so yeah. I'm willing to bet that, that I'm just... Something's, some, something didn't fire right in my head. So, so that's why I, I think a lot of the criticism of, of Gone Home doesn't necessarily come by saying, oh, it's not a game. Mm. I think it's by like, oh, well, they made me think it was this game, but it's not this, it's not this kind of game. If, they, if it said visual novel or something, you yeah. know, or exploratory novel in the description of the game, then I'm sure most people wouldn't have had issues with it. And people had qualms with the price because it was $20 at release, yeah. and maybe you're going to spend two hours playing it, and like you said, a lot of people thought that you didn't do much. I liked Gone Home. 
personally, I enjoyed it. I did too. But also, I like games like Myst. Like, I like yeah. walking around, reading things, and clicking buttons. Yeah. Well, going back to your point earlier, too, like, I would never look at something like that and go, you're not a video game. Because, of course, it's a video game. I don't know. I mean, like, you know it's not a video game? A movie. A book. I'm just saying, like, well, just... Is, is your visual novel a video game? Sure. Does it choose your own adventure? It doesn't matter. I mean, like, it's still a video game. It's well, interactive. You're Adam, interacting with a thing. What, uh, what about not, the DVD I'm, menu on Die Hard on DVD? Because you click through and you have to hit true. some things to make the video play yeah. you want. You know what? Sure. You, your point's valid. That's a video game. I'm being ultra-reductionist. I'm just curious where you draw the line. <laughs> what about when Zack Snyder well, pops I'm, I'm interacting with this bottle right now. I, I mean, this isn't... I'm just saying, like, it, it's, a, it's a piece of visual entertainment. Can I play that bottle after you? Yeah, I got ups on that bottle. Don't, don't tell you. You don't want that bottle. <laughs> you don't want that bottle. <laughs> you haven't earned it yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Whatever. So, so, I wasn't going to play Extreme 3 anyway. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that weren't going to play it regardless of the whether or not they thought it was offensive or they just have no interest in Dead or Alive. But now we, no. now we want it. Now we can't have it. It's, it's being taken from well, I have, you. I have, this. This, I have this right yeah, now. Yeah, I can jerk off to this. No problem. <laughs> Look. Well, it's actually kind of nice because I can't... It's getting all so, dirty. So the, uh, the D-pad doesn't work on this version or whatever. A little bit oh! So you can't play with one hand. Oh, she's not going to land on those heels? Oh! How? She's the best. Are those faint tattoos? Oh, ta it's dirt, right? Yeah, it's dirt. She's, she's a dirty girl. It's funny to me that the last costume Adam picked was her in like a business suit. Yeah. Like, right? That was <laughs> on accident. And then he went to this, which is just like the smallest bikini of the she's world. I, I don't know why, but Christine has always been my favorite character. I, I like, I like her. I like she has her. Been in the whole franchise. God, I imagine every oh, time sorry, she falls down. Also, I call her Christine too. She's Christy. <laughs> you got her name wrong. Um, no, I, in Dead or Alive Four, like I remember, I only played it because Master Chief, well, female Master Chief, was in it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll play it, cool. And then... Could you put female Christy, Master Chief in a Christy bikini? was, like, always, like, the most badass. I don't know. Mm, yep. Badass. I don't know. No, she uh, she always had, like, an open... Like, I liked... Imagine I her waxing Tina. herself, because she's I like Tina, not because she was the giant... Marketed as, like, the giant, big-boobed one, but I liked her because she, she was a female character that did <sighs> retardedly complex wrestling moves. Yeah. Like... Oh. And I, so she would be like power bombing people and like, yeah, and she'd do the giant swing. She actually was a more interesting wrestling, grappling character in a fighting game than uh, Bass, I think is her dad, right? Bass? Bass? Yeah, probably. Um, he was the he big hairy was, guy. And he, he was pretty boring in terms of a grappler. Anyway, that's it. There's a story here. Yeah. He's got done his street art. Oh. <laughs> it's Banksy! <laughs> Very proud of himself. Can we talk about something else? So, uh, well, I guess uh, in conclusion, where do you guys land on? Oh, oh, I, I guess there's a, there's another element to this discussion. Okay. All right. A lot of people are kind of pissed at Nintendo of America for some interesting reasons. Uh oh. Um, they like will censor air quotes censor like uh, Fire Emblem games and stuff. Uh, somebody's somebody's yeah. underwear may suddenly have somebody's hand like in the foreground, so it's kind of covering it up. Yeah. Uh, most recently in um, what was it in uh, not Xenogears, the other one. Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chron Chronicles X. Uh, there is a 13-year-old character who is suddenly wearing more clothes, and people on the internet are decrying what the censorship. Fuck? How dare they? Yeah, you and I think I want my freedom back. Uh, they also took out the the boob slider from the the Western release of the game, or I don't know if they took it out just from the Western or entirely. Is that a boob size slider? Yep. Or? You could you could make them big or small, and we all know what anyone oh. would do. Any any hot-blooded American. Um, but they took it out, now all boobs are medium-sized. Because oh. Nintendo uh, is fucking us again. I prefer innies. So, <laughs> I guess, uh... Thanks, Backwards bra. <laughs> Concaves? 
I like you I want to pour s- pour milk in it yeah. and then drink it out. Oh, I just like this. Who's next? It's like people, people are upset because they put clothes on her when she's thirteen. But when I was thirteen, I would like pour glue on my hand and peel it off for fun. Like, like no shit, they're gonna put clothes on her. Wait, hold on. I don't know. Are you, sec- I see are how you those saying are that you were a sexualized 13-year-old or a non-sexualized yeah, 13-year-old? I was a glue baby. <laughs> Puffing and pouring. Well, it's like, um, you know the movie uh, Leon or, you know, The Professional or whatever? Yeah. I guess, like, other people have talked about it. And you can't talk about this movie without sounding like a total creepoid. Yeah. Because they're like, well, the original release, there's more of a sexual relationship between Leon and Natalie Portman. I'm like, the 10-year-old? And they're like, yeah. Well, but yeah, but it's, like, implied. You're like... It's, it's uh, really I'm, I'm artistic. Happy, I'm happy. I'm happy with the release that came out. <laughs> You're happy with censorship, Adam. Uh, You're pro censorship. I don't need to see underage uh, children nude. What if that was his artistic vision? Uh, then he should go to jail. <laughs> and I really want to see it. Oh, well, that was a sweet oh, hit. I, she's so gross looking. God, they find ways she's to make so their gross. butts flap in the air. <laughs> also, I like how she just dusts herself off, and then suddenly her her skin sparkles. Kind of. She's still got some broke a sweat. Juggle trainee. Juggle trainee. Wait, what? are they referring to her fighting moves or? Wasn't this the Dead or Alive where they were like, we're going to make our girls sweaty? And like all no. the marketing materials showed like beads of sweat rolling down or girls. That was glue. I can confirm <laughs> that was glue. As a Every glue young baby. girl goes through a glue yeah. phase. Are they pour glue Trust on me. their chests. That's a cut themselves. One day I'll be a real woman. Um, I think we need it. We need a. There's a mom leaning in the door, just like shaking her need? head. We need yeah. to chill out about censorship. People need to stop crying censorship just when someone actively decides to change something about their game. There is a, I know Street Fighter V, people have been like oh, yeah. pointing out, they're like, they changed the camera angle on Cammy's entrance, you can't see her vagina! Like, <laughs> like I mean, Cammy, who is basically in a thong, yeah. and yeah. has always been in the whole franchise, has an intro where she flips in and then slides. Right, and in the in the official beta version of the game, like she slides in and the camera's there, so she basically slides right back into so the you camera. Just track, and, right? Into it ends up, yeah, it ends up right on her vagina, and they move the camera the camera forward like six inches now, so right. that way she slides by. Uh, and people are like, "Well, where's where's the vagina gone?" Because they like, kept having to clean the camera. <laughs> this is this is right smudge. after people had. Damn it, to, Cammy, you're clamming up the camera. This is right after people had to, uh, like, were complaining about how her face looked too weird. Like, they were like, yeah, they said, they said Cammy's face looked weird. Make her beautiful! Yeah, yeah. She's not as hot as she used to be! It's a video game character, who cares? Yeah, I don't know. Also, they can do whatever they, they can do whatever they, if the game had come out, and then they patched it, after the fact, Uh. then maybe that's kind of a weird thing. Sure, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Okay. Hardcore in the devil side here. All right. If you were playing your Hell whatever scene. game, Hell what is it? Blazing game. Saddles. What is the game? What? Xeno Xeno oh. Xeno Gear. Xenoblade Chronicles Saddles. X. There we go. Uh, if you're playing that game, and the 13 year old character who is, oh wow, look at that. <laughs> He's doing it again. <laughs> He's smooth criminaling you. The 13 year old character who you had grown quite accustomed to during your 100 hours of play was always notoriously in skimpy clothes. And then they released a patch that you had to install in the game that suddenly changed all her clothes to be less revealing. That's weird. It's like the game's already been out. Whatever. But before the game comes out, they can do whatever they want to. You live in a world of globalization, so you can see what it looks like in Japan. And that's awesome. But when it comes to you, that's the game you're going to get. So that's it. That, that's, that's all. Uh, that's it. Stop jerking off the 13-year-old video game characters. <laughs> For the record, I like things that promote the advancement of women. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do. Like this? Yeah, I was gonna say. That, she, that she's a fighter. Said, 
there's there are you know there's pornography out there that objectifies men. We don't you know watch it. Maybe I don't know. I like to think we are that. Um, but let him take your shirt off. But <laughs> if you don't like the way something conveys something, ignore it. Like I don't I don't play these games. Not interested. That's Not it. crazy about yeah. fighting games though. Is it because there's so far Adam has fought a. Little Red Riding Hood, a a uh, what was it, Santa Claus girl, yeah. now a cheerleader, um, and Banksy, or what? And he kicked all their asses. He yeah. kicked all their asses, and he's in a bikini. Eat vulva. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's empowering you. See. Here's here's my advice to anyone who is worried about censorship in their video games or whatever. Just g find the character's invite, name. Bro. Find the character's name. Google it. Boom. Someone else has already drawn something that. Goes far beyond what could have possibly been censored. That that thirteen-year-old character from um, uh, Guardian Heroes: Blazing Force, Xenoblade Chronicles um, X. That character, if you Google their name, I'm sure has been drawn naked one thousand times on the internet. Well, you could just jerk off to that. Perfect. Uh, twins. Um, yeah, I think James sent me like uh, Overwatch Rule Thirty Four, and I was like, "How did that? That game's not even out." Oh yet. come on, oh, you know, okay, so like you've never taunted in, with Tracer. In my defense, in my defense, now I, I just Googled. Diva, which is the character's name, to get an image She's of Diva. She's in a Diva. fucking skin-tight bodysuit. It's like Ava. And, and I didn't search for, like, Diva naked, Diva what? I searched for Diva, character's name, and, like, the fourth image were two other characters from Overwatch naked. And I was like, okay, well, that, that didn't take long at all. That was sandwich? an impressive amount of Rule 34. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, when I Rule 34 other characters. Imagine when that game... Easy. <laughs> I was just saying, imagine when that game actually comes out. It's, oh, not even out, it's not even like officially out yet, and people yeah. are already making it's pornography. Be a porno paradise. It's weird too because <laughs> that that game has a very like Disney Pixar look to it. Yeah, yeah. it's real hot. I mean, it's it's weird because it's not. Yeah, it's real sexualized sexy. at real all. Real sexy. Um, I just can't think. I think about nothing but vaginas. In also, yeah. I feel like I've seen this jiggle ten times now. It's boring. It's boring. It gets now. better every time. It's old fat. All right, change character. I need the tits I'll, to be bigger. I'll change your outfit. I'm, I've already I've already built up a tolerance to these. She's my boobies. girlfriend. <laughs> Plays the Lucha, luchador girl. Tina? Uh, no. Yeah. Actually, I like uh, what's her face. Her. Sumi. Oh, he's yeah. also in it. Re. Re. Ooh, Ew, what a pretty. stupid outfit. That's ugly. Old school. See, but we're judging him. <laughs> he gets judged. We're objectifying him. Sure. That's a thing. I think his tiny head looks stupid. <laughs> oh, it's a whole. Why body. is there a zombie wow. on his back? Oh, it's from Yaiba. Yeah, Yaiba. that's a game that everyone remembers. I didn't see. I really wanted to play that, and then I didn't. I thought it looked. Uh, I was in the, the I played it at E3, boat. and I had a lot of fun with Me it. Me too. And I thought, I thought this looks like it'll just be stupid, mindless fun. But then, yeah, I didn't. Play that it was the one where you play as like the ninja who's like, pff, like the back other ninja. Yeah, right? you get killed by head. you get killed by Ryu in the intro of the game, and then you're a zombie ninja, and you're the entire goal of the game is to find Ryu and kill him because he killed you. Sure. I heard it sucked. Seeing it sounds petty now. Yeah, saying it like that makes it sound well, remember, not as serious as well, I, I thought it was. I remember the first trailer came out, and it was funny. Like, they had a different voice actor, and he talked about something about, like, putting hot sauce on his balls or something. I'm like, huh, that makes the child in me laugh. Uh, and then they changed the voice actor, and it wasn't as good. Aww, yeah, there was, a, there was a part in the E3 demo I played where there's, like, this... You, like, drive this truck into a lingerie shop, and it explodes. And then he just sits there and does like a Shawshank Redemption while burning panties like rain down on Sensor. him. Sensor! I was like, that's pretty funny. Sensor that. What the fuck is going on? Alright. Who cares? Controls uh, don't fucking work. Can I, can I play? Go nuts. They could have put Utters in that cow costume and they didn't. Good. 
Is that your official review, at least? So if if you're concerned about censorship in your games, you can do your part and participate in the development of an actual video game with Lenovo Game State. Uh, we we're actually participating in this program and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they we got to go and meet the developers of Dark Rift, which is an upcoming tower defense game. Even though it looks like it has some twists on that, uh, why can't you move? Oh, uh, so uh, yeah, these these are some ex Blizzard dudes, and uh, we got to talk to them for a little bit about what they want to do. And essentially, the Game State program is you go to the website, you can check the check the description for a link there, but you can go and like basically talk directly to the developers. You get to like. Say what you think about all the assets they're putting in the game, about the story and stuff. I think, let me check what the first... They're in, they like do it in phases. Right now they're doing good guys, bad guys, and weapons. Mm-hmm. So essentially you get to like vote on concept art, and they said that they, they actually do listen to the feedback, because that's the whole point of the game, right? Yeah, we're also doing a video series with them, so we shot the first episode there. And yeah. I don't think we were kind of... Uh, I don't should I talk or not talk? I can Absolutely, talk, I can talk, talk afterwards. Talk. Oh, yeah, no, no. I was saying it was actually kind of cool. Like, I know we're, we're doing a part of like an ad deal, but like it was really kind of fascinating to be involved with the development process and like kind of early on and like um, I'm actually really kind of excited to see the game because they are they're going to take our feedback which is kind of cool they're basically they're like yeah be brutal like tell us tell us what's wrong tell us what's going on and like just to be involved it's, it's a strange thing to go from being a fan of video games to actually be involved with any sort of level of game development mm-hmm. um, it's crazy so yeah I was uh, I'm excited to go back and, yeah for uh, all the uh, yeah. for all the editorializing and like I, I, I honestly do think How it's just... you move? <laughs> you don't. Do you you don't move. You move. No, you move. No, there's no movement. You can't go left or right or anything. <laughs> Crane. Uh, the, uh, for all, like, the, the spirited discussion that happens around games and around censorship or whatnot, uh, I think sometimes people lose sight of the fact that human beings make video games. And it's all a bunch of people that go into the office and put in a lot of hard work, and then this product comes out, and they, I think the human connection gets lost sometimes, so that's one of the things I really like about this program, is that you can go and talk directly to the human beings making this game. And if you, if you routinely go on the internet and tell somebody that a game is pure bullshit, now you have the chance to say it directly to somebody's face. Uh, so, you know, maybe man up if you if you've spit some game on the internet, and uh, have some courage and get in there and join the conversation and maybe be constructive. Yeah, you can't move. That's, you can't move. Use the stick. Doesn't work. That doesn't work either. Nothing. Yeah. Well, have fun playing that video game. How, the, how have you been winning so many matches? I'm good. <laughs> Look at him. He's, not, he's looping me. Uh, one of the one of the things I was like kind of worried about is that this this program would like capture some junior developers who were just in it to get their game published, but that's not the case at all. These guys. No, no. Have, these like, guys are veterans. Shitloads of experience. They worked at Blizzard for cumulatively like over two decades, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a lot of interesting stories and a lot of experience developing games. So. Just listening to them talk about the like the weird craft of game development is very educational. So yep. if you guys have any curiosity about the actual nuts and bolts of game development, I think this is a great way to learn about that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to LenovoGameState.com, uh, you can tell them your thoughts and suggestions for characters. Your input will allow you to collect badges and get on a leaderboard, if you're the type who uh, enjoys gamification of all things. Um, you can spread the word using the hashtag GameState and follow updates at LenovoGaming on Twitter. So stay tuned for Game State Update to see if your submission was chosen. And yet again, you can check the link in the description of this podcast to get involved with that program. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Please do. Yes. It was actually really cool. And yeah. they gave us sandwiches. Well, that's kind of our thing. Like, I mean, we have a... I always I always focus to say... I always make a very point, you know, big, big point that we are not journalists. We're enthusiasts. 
That's because like I'm enthusiastic about game development. I don't want to make games because it looks like it's it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's hard really work. It's really thankless too. Yep. It's I think a, we're spoiled because we do like a third of the work of an actual game developer. And for some reason, people like us more than the people who make the things that we play. Yeah, the person who poured their like soul into this thing, and they're not, you know, they're not going to get residual payment from this thing. Or, um, you know, they don't get royalties off oh. of something that makes, you know, a billion dollars. And it's like, it, it sucks. And it, it's kind of, I, I like being able to talk to these people and be like, like, explain to me how game development works. And we were talking to a couple of the guys, and they were like, one of them was showing us like a water bottle, and he was explaining to us how like DX, you know, DirectX 12 worked. Yeah, he was then, talking about like backface culling. Basically. And then like, and then I think Lawrence was arguing with him. And I wasn't was arguing. Like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I just wanted to understand more. Uh, but so I'm going to bring that up next time. We it talk. was it was actually funny because yeah, he was explaining to us like why like the the reason why for a developer why DirectX DirectX 12 was like a legit deal. And where he was like, he was talking about how like it cut down on like memory, the draw like, calls. Yeah, draw, and it was just like that's. I like you weren't even it. listening, Adam. Uh, I was yelling at him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was more like embarrassed. I was like, should we get out of here? Oh, know. it's fine. She's Lawrence gonna... was yelling his agreement. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, Drag X twelve. No, he's like, I don't believe you. I'm so I'm so robotic all the time that anytime I get remotely passionate about anything, people think I'm angry. Yeah, you have bitchy yelling face. I guess. So. Oh, that was a weird <laughs> thing. Yeah, he kept uh, Lawrence kept telling him how Windows Seven is the best. What? I don't know. Man, I was, so, just, I, was so, just, I was just kidding. That didn't happen. So weird to hear these entirely fictitious things after the fact. Well, speaking of journalism, yeah, Adam, journalism is back. Uh-oh. About time. Yeah, it's got. It was gone, but now it's back. Who hey. brought it back? Kotaku brought it back. Yeah, they finally. Did. So, uh, Docker blog, Kotaku. Yeah. Despite despite my flip attitude, basically, uh, here's what happened. Kotaku posted, uh, or Stephen Totillo specifically posted a really long, kind of self congratulatory article talking about how Kotaku had been blacklisted by. Was it Ubisoft Bethesda. and Bethesda? Mm. Because they leaked marketing material and stuff ahead of date. Uh, at least that is that is Kotaku's version of events. What does blacklisting entail? Um, not getting review copies or responding to requests for comment. Okay, so they're and like, that every, is they're like every other human being on this planet. Right. Yeah. Okay. Essentially, they've been busted down to normal person status. Oh no! If you wanna if you wanna read it that way. Yeah. So uh, all these readers uh, felt for them, right? I don't honestly know, or, or I didn't. I didn't really track the reception of the article. I, I imagine people in the comments are like, "Yeah, I hate when I was blacklisted by Bethesda, and I had to go out and buy a game for myself." Well, uh, so honestly, most of the comments that I saw on on there were were in support. Yeah. Of them. Well, because they delete supportive. anything that's negative. Well, I don't know about that. They, it's they used, that's blind accusation. Uh, I know they used to do that. Like, oh, I know. Well, I know that's back. That's still blind accusation. No, no, well, no. I know. I know. Back in the day, I can't. I, I think pre Tatillo days, I do remember. Kotaku would just ban anyone who said anything negative. Like, we don't want you here. And it's like, well, now well, you're just. I mean, it's more about asking your com your own community what they think. What do you think about what we're saying here? It's like we agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. shit, because yeah. you're here. Yeah. We've all been blacklisted by Bethesda before. Yeah, we all know how it feels. Uh, the difference is that they feel completely <laughs> justified in their actions that led to it, which mm -hmm. is de debatable. I mean, that's up for debate. So, so okay. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, just just to frame it properly, basically, Kotaku, the article was basically saying, uh, this is a consequence of what we did, and, oh, from Virtual Fighter? Yeah, Weird. I got him. Uh, Kira's in here. Uh, Kotaku's point was like, we did this stuff because we believe in journalism, and we believe serving you, and not the controlling interests of game development, like mm -hmm. the publishers. And essentially, it's always been a tug-of-war between the two, especially right. when you have privileged information that could 
essentially damage or disrupt the marketing plans of a publisher if this, you leak that information early. This is all being shouted as the sinkhole sucked them in, okay, like yeah. as they're right, falling, going, All right, hey. we, know, we know where you're, yeah, we got oh, yeah, it. Sorry. Settle down. Yeah, blogs of the future, <laughs> sorry. So the, the interesting thing is they're speaking to a paradigm that is not really around anymore. Not by my estimation, anyway. Um, it, is, it has been our personal experience uh, that you can leak information, but if you do it in the right way and do it responsibly, people don't hold too many grudges. Like, no one's happy about leaks. That, that is just shitty. It's pure shit. And sure. I know that. Uh, people work for years to develop marketing plans, and just because you, someone happens to get a PowerPoint presentation before they're supposed to, suddenly all that work is blown. Yep. Um, and that's a lot of real time and money that just got killed by somebody who wanted like information. We've done it. And I, I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen because that would be the most hypocritical thing in the world. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the phrasing seems to be like, the, the subtext I read into the article was, the article seemed to imply that publishers should respect somebody's mouthpiece and their, their responsibility to reveal that information and not hold it against them. And furthermore, that the readership should pressure these publishers into respecting that as well. There is no responsibility to leak information. It doesn't exist. Um, to but me, journalism, to me, in the case of someone like you guys, you guys take ownership and you take responsibility and you know that there, there might be ramifications of what you do. To, the feedback I got from the article was a, a, a just lack of self-awareness of we might do these things, but what, why are we getting, you know, this reaction? Yeah. Hmm. Well, the, the, the reaction was getting blacklisted by, they said something like, we don't get, we don't get things anymore. Yeah. They, but they also have openly said, Kotaku, uh, and this may have been Crescente, I believe, who started this, but he was saying, like, they're like, we don't go to preview events, or like, we don't go to review events. Like, we don't take, it was this weird sort of thing of like, like was we it don't. Destructoid? Maybe, I thought they all kind of become the same thing at some <laughs> point, where it's like, we refuse to uh, get flown out to an event because Capcom did a thing in Hawaii, and that goes against ethics. And I was like, I mean, do you see what we're playing? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, as long as you, I think you disclose this stuff, and you're like, yeah, I, I got flown out for this event, and maybe don't work in an industry where you have to attach a number to everything. Um, I don't know. But like that, like marketing companies and game publishers know what they're doing, and. At the end of the day, they were saying, they're like, we don't like it. And then I was like, okay, cool. So you don't play that game. But then it's strange to act surprised when they're like, Bethesda didn't like that we leaked their stuff, so they didn't send us a free copy of a game. I'm like, all right, well then just play it like everyone else. Yeah, that's, that's my, my kind of big takeaway from it is, it's like, I get it. That's awesome. That's admirable that you want to do what you want to do there. And you should totally do what you want to do. I like reading Kotaku articles generally. Um, I like the website. And... I don't think that they are just the mouthpiece of a gaming industry, which that's that's a good thing. Sure. Problem is, when you're on the outside, that's where you're going to be. Yeah. You can either pick whether or not you want to be official Xbox magazine or you want to be Kotaku. Official Xbox magazine is probably going to get a ton of exclusives and a ton of things early, and they're going to get a ton of Xbox stuff. But they, if you're Kotaku and you're going to leak stuff, then you should plan, that should be your business strategy, is you're gonna be this guerrilla outlet that does these things, that gets these leaks, and you might get them from other people within the industry, but you're probably not gonna get them from Ubisoft PR. Mm. Like, and I was even kind of like, like in our own perspective, we've watched Ubisoft's 
um, marketing strategy and PR shift just since we've been doing what we've been doing. Yeah. Like now if you go to an event, they have a, like an Elgato or some sort of capture device set up mm -hmm. with a webcam and they're ready to be there. Like, Where do you want us to save the footage? Because that's those well, are the people that they're in. They hand you a thumb drive. A now. thumb yeah, drive, but like, amazing. Like, those are the people that they're inviting to come play their games because those are the people that I think they that they've done the math and they're like these are the people who have the loudest reach yeah. and the the biggest voice that can tell what they think of our game. You know. Well, also, so, we we've also seen the shift where we've brought this up before, but like we used to go to these events and you'd look over and go, oh, official Xbox magazine, Kotaku, Destructoid, and then it started becoming. Angry Joe, mm -hmm. T. Martin, like uh, CNNers, like it started just becoming YouTubers. Mm -hmm. And you go to any event now, like, or it was like a mix. And now you go, it's just YouTubers. And like we get invited to this sort of stuff. And like we're kind of this weird. We've been told by industry people, like we're somewhere in the middle. Like they're like, yeah, you're kind of press, but you're not. You're kind of YouTube. So like, so th there's a lot of stuff that we just don't get invited to for obvious reasons because like we, they don't know what the hell we are. And like that, that's fine because. We have a show, I mean, I'm playing with a demo dish shard. Like, this is where we get our views, you know? Like, we, we don't need the newest, greatest games. Our, our, our business doesn't rely on that. And so it's like, we go to the stuff for fun. We're like, yeah, we want to go see, we want to go play Rainbow Six early, cool. Um, or anything like, I, I think there's like, oh, I can't say, never mind, sorry. Well, so that's... <laughs> there's, there's an event coming up, and I'm like, oh, it's a game I want to go play. You, uh, yeah, you hinted, you hinted at something that I, I kind of said before, which is that the, the paradigm is different now. Totally. Uh, it used to be that outlets relied on access from PR companies, very timed and, and metered access, to make content. So if there's a new game coming out, uh, you needed to write a preview for it, and people would read that preview, and uh, the only way you could generate that content is if the company asked you to come and gave you permission to mm -hmm. view and, and evaluate that content early. Sure. Uh, but then, like, something interesting happened with Written where, like, and, and to be very blunt, like there was always this unspoken understanding that you don't go negative about something that's not fucking finished, because that's just rude as shit. Like if, like imagine somebody's working on a painting and you walk and you're like, painting looks like shit. You're gonna turn around and be like, it's not fucking done. Uh, so there were, there were a couple of articles. I don't know that Kotaku was, was specific in this, but suddenly like, I think 1UP specifically was, was one of them. But, but they were like, no, we're gonna start like, if a game looks bad, we're gonna say it looks bad. Like it looks troubling, even if it's not done. Sure. And I think that kind of kicked off a souring of relationships between PR and uh, outlets, where suddenly outlets found resonance with audience by going negative. Um, so suddenly they like they they had to see sweaty. <laughs> That's uh, milk. It's <laughs> a clue. Uh, they had to earn. Be done. <laughs> they had to earn. Uh, they basically had to earn an a new audience's respect by being a little more aggressive and a little, uh, like, having higher standards, kind well, of? Um, well, this goes back to, like, what James said about the Model T. It's like, mm. failing to see a paradigm shift and any kind of shift in the world and not adopt, adapting or adopting to that paradigm uh, basically means you will die. Well, sure, but this is, this is how the paradigm shifted. Uh, essentially, like, some blogs started going a little more negative, and then, lo and behold, publishers were like, if you're just gonna shit on our stuff, why would we? Yeah. Why would we want to be on your blog? That doesn't make any sense. And this is when it gets so good you can't even write it. So, uh, or Penny Arcade ran a strip, basically in response to the Kotaku article. Uh, uh, and it was, God, God bless them. Like Penny Arcade's getting more and more kind of San Francisco intellectual. Uh, as it goes by so it was a little overwrought, but essentially it was like a parable of a dude walking and talking to a scorpion on his shoulder 
And it was all supposed to symbolize their relationship between blogs and developers. Okay. Anyway, the, the, the thrust was, why would a publisher want to be on a blog if all that blog does is shit on their product? And to a degree, I can understand that. Uh, and you're, I feel like you're also kind of caught between a readership that responds to negativity and theoretically a genuine like of the medium that you're covering. Also, Ethan James Petty, a, a writer for Ubisoft, a writer on Watch Dogs, mm. says uh, he kind of called them out basically. Kotaku never bothered contacting me before linking a SJW smear piece to my name. That's when I removed the bookmark. Uh, essentially, basically, once Kotaku aired their grievances, a whole bunch of devs were like, fine, you want to you go there? Like, it's Thanksgiving dinner, you want to you air all this shit? Fine, here's all the problems I have with you. Um, and essentially called them out on, on some, like, lax reporting practices they may have had in the past. Sure. Now, here's where it gets really cool. So, uh, Penny Arcade basically did the strip very intellectually decrying Kotaku. Kotaku does a weekly post where they post a bunch of web comics. And lo and behold, that week didn't have Penny Arcade in it anymore. Ooh. And people were like, wait, why did you take their comic out? Mike Fahey, a writer for Kotaku, responded to the comment saying, we aren't blacklisting anybody. If interesting Penny Arcade news comes up, we'll report on it like anything else. I just don't see the point in featuring a comic on our website from creators who actively despise it. It doesn't make sense. I know what you're going to say. You're yeah. gonna, it, that's, what, that's what they're complaining about. Yeah. That's exactly what they're complaining about. Yep. I don't... Oh, my God. That's my problem. That's my problem. I totally admire what they're trying to stand for and say, yeah. but when you say it with this just blind ignorance to how stupid you sound... Oh, my God. Mike's like, probably a very nice man. He eats no, a lot of but snacks. But it's just like, how do you not see? How do you not see what you... That exactly, that's exactly what you were just complaining about. It's exactly what you were just complaining about. Well, they just did to you... To be fair, Totillo wrote it. No, Totillo wrote the editorial. Yeah. yeah. But regardless, there's, it's, a, it's a website that's trying to... It's trying to say we speak with one voice, right? Like, see, they're, yeah. they're trying to... Stephen Totillo's the editor-in-chief, right? Yes. And so it's his job to kind of, like, construct... He's, su he's supposed to be say. the voice of the actual website. Like, that's generally the way things are designed. I don't know if they have it set up in such a way that anyone can just say whatever the fuck they want and no one has to talk to anyone, but well, I seriously doubt It was doubt a comment. It, was, it wasn't like a... It was just... He was just replying to a comment. So he was probably speaking with his own voice, and it's a, that's also a post that he puts together every week. So it's possible that Faye, he made that decision, and, like, even though it was kind of incongruous with the statement of the outlet or whatever... But uh, it's it's conceivable that those two things happen separately of each other. But yes, it is essentially like. Well, it doesn't seem like it's to happen separately. It seems like he it, he acknowledged the Penny Arcade article existing. Yeah, and then decided acknowledged not to that he cover didn't it. like how it portrayed their website. Yep. and that influenced his decision to not include them in his webcomic roundup. Yep. So that that I mean that's that's all the pieces there. Whether or not he whether or not he or Stephen Tatilla wrote the initial article saying that they don't not that they don't like being blacklisted. They they imply that they don't like it. Yeah. But still, like that's the exact it's the exact same thing. Well, yeah. I, I also wonder if they would have uh, like attracted a better response from their community if they had posted it and then made yeah. some like self-deprecating remark with it. Or some kind of like, well, and yeah, now from our biggest fans, Penny Arcade. Yeah. You know? That seems kind like of the... kind of make them seem a little bit more not immature, but uh self-aware. Like, yeah. yeah. It's Or maybe it's, that it's all video games and none of the shit matters. Yeah, yeah. well yes, but I mean <laughs> that's that's a moot point basically. But like I'm a like, businesswoman fighting a soccer man. It's it, it's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> with one button that works with the controller, by the way. This Only game, one. This game's um, so fucking broken. But yeah, that like that's it that's what all they had to do. Yep. Was put a penny arcade article in there and go and, and even some sort of like 
it's high ground, low ground because it's like, like, well, we're better than this. But anytime yeah. you stand and you look down and your nose at someone and say we're better than this, that's when everyone calls you, you out. You yeah. actually aren't. But all you had to do was put a Penny Arcade article in there, and then be like. We acknowledge that Penny Arcade may not have felt the best about our article and yeah. responded in, in fashion, but that's not going to stop us from featuring their content on yeah. our website. Well, and like, then you just start a heated internet rivalry with Penny Arcade yeah. and make that your new thing. Yeah. You guys compete in a skee-ball yeah. tournament or something, and you end it, and then it's done. Ah, oh my god, that... Good more, more rivalries should be ended oh, in skee-ball tournaments. I agree. Just, just... God damn it! You, you guys don't... got a ski ball lane at this office? Not yet. We're, we're not. We're, we're still working on getting a ping pong table. That's Here's a pro one. tip: you don't need to wear a sport coat to your job writing for video games. That's 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 just my pro tip. But if you go to a, if there. you go to PR, then you you damn well better. No, you don't ever. <laughs> Their little belly poking out. Ever. <laughs> you never have to wear a sport coat if <laughs> you write belly? about video games <laughs> or inv are involved in games media. Ooh, open bar. <laughs> That's Not just that. my pro tip. God damn it. Please. A little just, vampire well, lady. Before yeah. you leave for work, this is just everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is everybody. Before you leave for work, just take take 15 seconds and look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> oh, shit. And just, this, isn't, this isn't about Kotaku. Okay. This isn't about Penny Arcade. This isn't about an Ubisoft PR person who stopped, who took uh, Kotaku off their mailing list. It, it's not about this. It's about everybody. Just <laughs> fucking look at yourself in the mirror for 15 seconds every single morning. And just go, this is who I am. And, and it'll open your eyes sometimes. <laughs> it'll open your Maybe not every day, but maybe once every other week, you'll get a moment where you're like, oh, right. Right. Okay. I remember now. I'm back. Everyone should have to play a round of Dead or Alive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. With only one button. Work. Very sobering. The right trigger they works great. Yeah. Life sometimes. is like a game of Dead or Alive Final Bout <laughs> well, or whatever this my, is called. My favorite thing, like, I, I, I remember we were, we were talking about this story, I think, last week, and I was like, I remember just seeing Lawrence get all heated. And the moment goes in my head where, this game's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> I had this moment where I'm like, this affects a total of 20,000 people yeah. who are like interested in this thing. Like not even like it barely fills a sports arena. Like the amount of people who like actually give a shit about this. Cause you like, you really like you break it down. You're like blacklisting uh, uh, comic web comics. <laughs> like it's just like, like I, I look at it this way. Here's the top of the funnel. <laughs> Video games, and it just keeps doing this, and then this, and then this, and like we find this stuff interesting, but I realize it's a hobby, and we're like, uh, we we have fun talking about it, but I'm just like, fuck me, like this doesn't matter. Please, hey man, please, I'm begging you. This please. is this is how this is podcast content. No, no, and it's fun. I, I think it's fun to talk about, but yeah. like at the end of the day, I always think like, just look at the bigger picture. Like James is saying, like just look at the mirror and go. Do, huh. I, do I care? Who I am? I'm a vampire woman fighting I'm a ninja. I'm probably going to be on this planet for at least another forty, maybe fifty, sixty years. Jeez, you're lucky, huh? Let's let's just think about that. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on the time I have left. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I do. I live in fear yeah, constantly. I like constantly. I sleep at night and I'm like. Kotaku coming. <laughs> Kotaku coming for me. Kotaku's coming for me. Like, <laughs> Oh boy! I mean, oh boy. to your earlier point, though, I disagree. <laughs> I see a shift in the game industry that is going to be that is more sensitive to <laughs> games and publishers, like the Destructoid article, where they're like, "We're not going to review events anymore." Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't think it, it represents the actual game because you know they they give us a, a certain version of the game. They're there in case there are any bugs or anything like that. It's a very controlled environment, 
And I know a lot of websites, they, they withhold on their reviews more and more now. And uh, especially with, with multiplayer, like a lot of websites holding back their Halo multiplayer, holding back their Metal Gear multiplayer. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think people are kind of kind of bending over a little bit more. Well, I think so. Well, because game publishers are getting more picky, and there's like systems are like uh, things that exist, like uh, Ronku, where it's like yeah. you're on the you're basically on the EA payroll to say nice things about EA games, and like people have chosen to do that. But at the same time, too, like I am not going to a website to see if Fallout is good, other than YouTube. Like I'm I'm going to go look up gameplay and be like, how's it run? How's it look? I'm not going to read words about it. Like. The, the lighting as it hit the building as I walked out with my companion. I'm like, fuck that. No. Show me the gameplay. I want to see all this, the body outfits and all the weird things you could do in the game. Cool, there's gameplay. I think I like it. I'll buy it. Hmm. That's my brain now. I'm not going to... I think that's a lot of people's brains. That's a lot of people's... And so when I see an article come up and be like, we have been blacklisted, it's like, whoop-de- you're, who fucking cares? Like, people won't be able to read in 10 years. Like, it's, it's all... <laughs> Well, but we're all getting dumber even so like obviously editorial is still important like like I'd like to think it's still important (laughs) Reading's hard Elise. You can still play dead or alive without being able to read. I like to think editorial is still really important I'm a vampire fighting a cowgirl Metacritic Metacritic is horrible, but it's also kind of an okay gauge at the same time. Hold up. I I need to clarify something real quick It's not a cowgirl like a girl who rustles cows. It is a literal cowgirl like she's she's wearing a onesie with a cow print on it Anyway, that is not a onesie um, There's still value to being like all right. What do a bunch of outlets think about this game, right? They're shorts. Oh Oh. (laughs) You got shot by a missile. Thank you Isis Uh, Um and so that's Adam's quote. That's going on the box. Put on dead or alive. Thank you. Isis. Um, but uh, I think there's value to that. But I don't remember what I was going to say. I got something. Because I got interrupted by a missile blowing someone up. Blowing up because that's far more interesting than any, anything anyone could ever write. So the uh, the uh, the the evolution as I've seen it when it comes to like written and editorial content is, you know, back back in the in the early to mid '90s. Everybody was trying to capture the young male audience, so they were trying to be cool and hip and relaxed and like your cool little older brother. But then as the readership grew up and that kind of like informal, that kind of informal tone left, like the, the vocal part of the audience demanded more like in-depth, more adult content, more like exacting content. And then I think the, I think the writers kind of responded. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll be adult writers. We'll write, we'll write introspective thought pieces. We'll write very heavily researched like five page articles. And the whole like hip bro dude with a skateboard who just tells you like raps with you about a video game kind of went away. Not that that's a bad thing. But I think once writers prop themselves up to be, yes, we're professional writers, we're professional adult writers, mm-hmm. then suddenly the standards that the audience demanded from them started to grow. And grow and grow and grow and grow and I think that's when now you're starting to see like people withhold reviews because the last thing a written article can do is be wrong be like dead wrong because then you lose your clout and the audience suddenly leaves the but you're catering to like the most demanding audience in the first place and that happened because you listen to your audience which is an understandable mistake to make uh, for us at least we strike this tone we strike because it's fun uh, more people like it, and also because one of the Jesus, one of the one of the one of the uh, good side effects of it is if you get something wrong, you can just be like, oh, I guess it's just about video games, and I got something wrong. Sorry, bro. Well, I, I've said this before, but like, I think we need to take a break from games. We as like Funhouse, no, and just, and just cover golf. Ooh, like, I like that. Like I want. I'll, yeah, no, I w- not golf games, just golf. Just golf, like I like like golf or like uh, like like fishing enthusiasm, like something like that, where it's just like. No! Spool, I need you to finish that video. 
Um, that's good. It's not absolutely not hey, done. Get off your phone. I already heard. I already Bruce told Spool that he can't leave tonight until the video's done. <laughs> Spool's like, okay. He like turned to me and he's like, at least take an early one, Spool. <laughs> at least you're doing a good job. Yeah. You can leave. Uh, finish what you're saying, and then I gotta say what I was gonna say real quick. Cause I, 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 anyway, I, I'm just saying like. As much I lo like, I, I literally I do love video games. I think video games is like it's one thing that like someone asked on the subreddit recently. They were like, like, what do you guys do when like games aren't fun anymore? I'm like, God forbid that day ever happens. Like I I legitimately enjoy getting away from our day to day and just like just playing something like playing Overwatch and not having to be recorded and just be able to like have fun. They, they, it is an escape for me. I enjoy it more than movies. I enjoy it more than books. I enjoy it more than any other medium in the world. So I never want it to not be fun. I just wonder if other people, other enthusiasts have the same sort of feeling where like, all I think about is golf and fishing. Yeah. Those are my biggest hobbies. And like, did you see what this writer said? Like, uh, sports pro blacklisted them because they said something bad about their, their latest driver. And I was like, dude, absolutely. Yeah. Does it? That I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to dive into that world just to see. Here's the thing. To cover piece. <laughs> Real quick. Football is just a hobby for, you know, like it, it's just a hobby. For most people, but think Joe about how out. intense and how angry and how like well, how, how much get... is how, ESPN is one of the largest channels in all of cable, and it is devoted to sports, which honestly is no different than video games in I, a lot of senses. I, I, well, it's hard. It's, that's a hard comparison. Only well, I, maybe it's closer um, because sports to me, in, in my what I've seen, I'm like, I'm not a huge sports fan, but like that seems to be more universally loved just because of things like soccer or football wrestling around the world or American football, whatever. Like th that is, that is, there's like, that is loved by so many people and has existed for thousands of years in some sort of form. Like, whereas video games are fairly new and, it, and to me has always been kind of a niche thing. And I mean, but, but it is, seems to be like, I mean, I, American I football has, was only formalized in like the last hundred years or so. Like, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like people get shot in the parking lot because someone disagreed with somebody. Like, I'm just saying, fuck you. You have been um, to Dodger Stadium. What? I, yeah, I have. Anyway, been. I was just gonna I, well, say. I'm, yeah, I don't know. In terms of whatever. in terms of like back to the like, what does it mean that we can't get a game? What does it mean for editorial and all kinds of stuff like that? I think it's like. If I understand editorial still is a thing, but you still have to have your own voice. You have still have to have a reason for people to want to go to Kotaku to read their review on a specific game, right? Yeah. That's kind of very important. And so if you get to that point where you have to get your review up two days before the game comes out for people to be looking for it, that is not good. Like from a business standpoint, from an editorial standpoint, that's not good. You want to, if you have to get the game on the day it comes out and then your review comes out the next week, then you should still be writing reviews that have your voice and have your imprint on it enough that people want to come and find it. Well, that's like in the, the YouTube certification thing. One of the things they ask is one of the dumbest, like easy questions, but they're like, oh, like, is the point of making a video to go viral? And you're like, absolutely not. Like no, yeah. you shouldn't aim to go viral. Yeah, because that is not a that's not a business plan. It's not a business. It's a business advantage, but sure. Like, but like you, I'm gonna I, go to the hood and make out with a girl, and it'll be a prank video. <laughs> nice. nice. Where's my viral money? We're starting a new channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's like yeah, you should that'll just that'll be a break from gaming. golf pranks. We'll you, go make out in the hood. You should pranks. figure out. You should figure out what you like doing, and if it brings in an audience, and people are like it's not bringing an audience, it's like well, maybe you're doing something wrong. They're like no, everyone else is wrong except for me. Like that's 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 healthy. Yeah. Well, I th I think, Adam, essentially what you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, written written editorial got pretty templatized, uh, and everybody started doing the same thing because they saw it working for everybody else, and nobody really 
tried to push the boundaries and find a new kind of content that resonated with people because that's hard. And I think, I think there are some people who genuinely like writing about games, but I think most people that are in games writing just really wanted a job that had something to do with video games. And writing was the thing that they could land on. Possibly. I, I don't know. Like, it... I don't know. That's, I, uh, well, that's, it, where, that's where I'm at. Are I, you I'm, saying that we need fewer Tatillos and more Tatil Bros? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How long were you thinking about that you're just sitting there? <laughs> as soon as the podcast started here. <laughs> I started buying your lip vibrating. I showed up today. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what we were talking about, and I woke up this morning. You're in said, the shower. Peeled the glue off your arm. <laughs> I could not sleep <laughs> last Til, night. Totil Bros. Nose, Totils. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm like, just, just look at what the audience wants. That's, that's ultimately like, look at the landscape. What's happening? People are reading less and they're watching more videos. YouTube's only getting bigger and... We could talk like, about his highlight reel. What is it? Uh, Grantland shut down. Like, like, look, when magazines started going away, did someone go, we should start a video game magazine? Like, no, they all moved to blogs. <laughs> Some then, people did. It did not go well. Yeah, yeah. It did not go well at all. Now. But, I, well, well, it, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, that was not the smart businessman. I yeah. don't know. Like, it, it's sort of like the G4 thing, where G4 happened at this perfect moment where it could only go wrong. They were like little pumpkin heads. Well, it was it's pretty cute. Um, it was it was right before like internet video became a thing, and some guy said, "You know what needs to be on TV? Video games." And it was like you couldn't be further from the truth, but he couldn't see that coming because of how big YouTube and gaming and all that stuff like basically became. But like, fuck, what a bad business move! Like yeah. people who play video games do not watch television, especially on a weird channel that they don't get. Like it just kept. Cutting it down, like just I mean, you got to look. Where are the people at, and what do people want? It's they want this podcast to be over because we hit an hour. Possibly, maybe I don't know. It's like, look, the mattress salesman will always have something to sell because everyone needs to sleep. That's a great thing to say. Adam. Put it We're on done. the box. Yeah, put it on the box. With that other quote <laughs> about you, ISIS. ISIS. <laughs> now I'm gonna get quoted. Oh, great! Oh boy! And thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> See you next week. Hey, Bye, everybody. Hey, Lee, good job. We, we, I think we worked through a lot of issues yeah, today. I think so. I feel good. I need to sleep better. Oh, Assassin's Creed is done. Oh, all right. There's only one button that works for this game. That game can was... Can we figure out why that happened? So you can masturbate.